The Book of Romans, Chapter 9 Before Christ and my own conscience in the Holy Spirit, I assure you that I am speaking the plain truth when I say that there is something that makes me feel very depressed, like a pain that never leaves me. It is the condition of my brothers and fellow Israelites, and I have actually reached the point of wishing myself cut off from Christ if it meant that they could be one for God. Just think what the Israelites have had given to them. The privilege of being adopted as sons of God, the experience of the glory of God, the agreements made with God, the gift of the law, true ways of worship, God's own promises, all these are theirs. The patriarchs are theirs, and so too, as far as human descent goes, is Christ himself, Christ who is over all. May God be blessed forever. Amen. Now this does not mean that God's word to Israel has failed, for you cannot count all Israelites as the true Israel of God, nor can all Abraham's descendants be considered truly children of Abraham. The promise was that, In Isaac shall thy children be called. That means that it is not the natural descendants who are children of God, but that the children of the promise are to be considered truly Abraham's children. For this was the promise, About this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And then again a word of promise came to Rebekah, at the time when she was pregnant with two children by the one man, Isaac our forefather. It came before the children were born or had done anything good or bad, plainly showing that God's act of choice has nothing to do with achievements, but is entirely a matter of his will. She was told, The elder shall serve the younger. And we get a later endorsement of this in the words, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now do we conclude that God is unjust? Never. For God says long ago to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It is obviously not a question of human will or human effort, but of divine mercy. The scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose did I raise thee up, that I might show in thee my power, and that my name might be published abroad in all the earth. It seems plain then that God chooses on whom he will have mercy and whom he will harden in their sin. I can almost hear your retort. If this is so, and God's will is irresistible, why does God blame men for what they do? But the question really is this. Who are you, a man, to make any such reply to God? When a craftsman makes anything, he doesn't expect it to turn round and say, Why did you make me like this? The potter, for instance, has complete control over the clay, making with one part of the lump a lovely vase, and with another a pipe for sewage. May it not be that God, though he must sooner or later expose his wrath against sin and show his controlling hand, has yet most patiently endured the presence, in his world, of things that cry out to be destroyed. Can we not see in this his purpose in demonstrating the boundless resources of his glory upon those whom he considers fit to receive his mercy and whom he long ago planned to raise to glorious life? And by these chosen people, I mean you and me, whom he has called out from both Jews and Gentiles. He says in Hosea, I will call that my people, which was not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall be that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah, speaking about Israel, proclaims, If the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that shall be saved. For the Lord will execute his word upon the earth, finishing it and cutting it short. And previously Isaiah said, Except the Lord of Sabaoth has left us a seed, we had become as Sodom and had been made like unto Gomorrah. Now what do we conclude? That Gentiles who never seriously pursued righteousness have attained righteousness, righteousness by faith. But Israel, earnestly following the law of righteousness, failed to reach their goal. And why? Because their minds were fixed on what they achieved instead of on what they believed. They tripped over that very stone the scripture mentions. 
Behold, I lay in Zion, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. And he that believeth on him shall not be put to shame.